0: with this uh, proposal in new jersey this um uh new uh proposal that came out that will affect all temporary staffing agencies and some of the requirements that new jersey is putting in place so if you have a a temporary worker and they want to convert to permanent if they work more than eight weeks at uh, at a as a temporary worker you won't be able to charge a conversion fee or they have to get paid the same hourly rate as a as a permanent and benefits so the njsa was lobbying hard um in, on behalf of the staffing agency and i think people just don't see how much the, uh, njsa is involved in, and what the membership does so it, it's a great organization
1: the nj staffing podcast and part two in this series is your invitation to be entertained and informed by fun and casual niche industry conversations. From cannabis legalization, to temporary placement, to hiring in regulated industries, we're talking about staffing in New Jersey. You know, you're supposed to treat everyone the same. Everyone gets excited over their big accounts. But I tell a lot of them, I said, look, do not ignore somebody these onesie twosies because number one, they build up and think about it if a onesie twosie account drops off you're not going to miss a huge you know client drops off it's going to make a major impact in, in your income so you know don't, don't get too excited about a, a huge account you want to make sure you're bringing in the business on the smaller accounts as well um, and
0: again you know a client um, and a, a, a member <laughs> of the edge ASA had a great line revenues are your or for your vanity and net income is for your sanity. So it, it and it's so true is a, a, a lot of our our staff and clients think about it they're all based in sales and yep. you know there's nothing better than a sale and growing revenue. Well, it's really about, you know, your bottom line, net income, EBITDA as everyone will talk about. Everyone wants to know what's your EBITDA, and uh, the multiple of EBITDA, right? That's, that's I, what we always get asked.
1: I learned that term from Vince Grillo. One time we were, I should have recorded that conversation. I learned that term. um, And then when I heard you guys speak, I'm like, oh, actually I tapped him on the shoulder. I go, I know that now. And he laughed. But uh, yeah.
0: Props to Vince Grillo, but he's right. It's all about EBITDA. So it's really understanding metrics, right? Aren't we going more and more to metrics? Uh, What is the story that financials are telling about the company? And the... The business owners who are selling have to understand, understand the acquirers are using very sophisticated professionals to put you under a microscope. So you want to start incorporating those metrics into your business so you understand your own business, you understand profitability, you should understand your top you know, 15, 20 customers, what is the gross margin. Um, you know, do does everyone understand how to measure their gross margin? To be amazed how many new staffing clients we get where their financials aren't even in conformity with the in- industry to to determine are they, mm-hmm. you know, in comparison. So, but that's the fun part for us, Fred is is helping our clients and educating them and getting their businesses profitable so they can enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Um, Covid hit your industry hard. Any major. Well, I know, you know, every time um, the after effect of COVID seems like it's been really good for your industry and staffing in general. Is that pretty accurate?
0: Yeah, or, you know, right now the accounting profession is is dealing with a a major shortage of accountants. So uh, every accounting firm is, is looking for a good accountant. and. In the staffing world, it was interesting. Uh, you saw when COVID hit an, an immediate pullback. So our clients were looking at the new orders decline, existing orders canceled in the early stages of uh, COVID. And we have one large hospitality client that was down 90% as soon as COVID hit. So wow. they were, yeah, it was dramatic for certain industries. The Hospitality, unfortunately, got up. Um, Devastated, and especially if you were on the West Coast in California with the severe restrictions, they really got hammered. So, those uh, safety net programs, the PPP, and now the employee retention credit, really, um, you know, saved some of our clients in the hospitality industry. And now everyone, Fred, as you know, is talking about healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. Mm-hmm. So that industry. You know, during COVID and since, uh, most of our healthcare staffing firms have done extremely well. But I will say this: we have many light industrial clients that have been hitting it out of the park since COVID. Especially if you're, you know, you're you're doing, you know, distribution. If you're involved in food. Uh, the light industrial sector has been doing extremely well. We've seen some clients to have two to 300% growth in light industrial. So there's opportunity for everyone.
1: Uh, wh- why do you, why do you think that is? You think it has you know, like uh, something to do with import export. We can't get anything yeah, supply in. supply chain. So... Right.
0: Everything right now, every, every, every conversation is supply chain. So our clients that are in the, in the distribution and supplying, uh temp to warehousing especially and then also in the food service you're talking both retail and wholesale those segments have been growing tremendously Uh, and also different regions of the country we have uh, several texas-based light industrial firms that have been doing extremely well um in the northeast and even in the midwest Uh, if you're near a a major hub of transportation and distribution uh, they are, you know, doing extremely well.
1: Yeah. How'd you get started in this? Did you, you always wanted to be in tax? and? I, I
0: always uh, had a consulting component, Fred, in staffing. Um, I joined Citrin in 2008, and there was an opportunity to join uh, the staffing group, and I found it interesting. I had one staffing client previously, and uh, I started in, I believe, 2010. I started with the NJSA. I think uh, a year later. And I really enjoy working with staffing business owners. They're a different breed. <laughs> they, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> they are. Um, you know, charismatic, charismatic, and sales oriented. And I, I don't want to say this too much, but I learn from some of my clients. It's it's great to to talk to them and understand what they're doing to, to grow and, and how they're managing their, their people. And, and I think a lot of today is leadership and, and how do you manage your staff to produce and especially in this tough labor market. So it's great working with them. You learn a lot from them and we share our insight from our successful staffing firms and we can share that and, and help our other clients. Uh, that's a, what we like to do.
1: I, I always felt like the staffing industry when I deal with people and staffing especially like the owners and the C-level they're, they're honest you know they'll say hey, look you know this is what I care about this this and this can you do that for me you know um, they, it, I don't know I feel like they, more than other industries they don't they don't have time to BS you and they're not looking to you know make a big deal over things they just say hey this is what we do and um, if you could do this for me You got a deal. Um, That's how I came. It's
0: the ultimate people business, right?
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's funny when when I am dealing with the owner, it is a little bit of a better negotiation process than when I'm dealing with, say, you know, uh, like an assistant or someone that works with them. And I guess they're in a tougher position, but they, you know, they they want this and they look at this and they look at that. But I, I guess that's, you know, for everybody. Everyone's the same way.
0: No, I think most of uh, you know our interaction with staffing and clients and prospects is they know what they want. M- many of them know what they're looking for, but what's amazing, Fred, is recently we we've, we've been very lucky in landing a lot of staffing clients. Is how many unfortunately don't have the right professionals. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's always fun in, in being part of the the NJSA and working with um, industry partners like yourself it's great that we can offer better resources than they currently have and ultimately helps them and and will add to the bottom line
1: yeah and you get you know it's great because you get to know the people on a personal level then you know that they know their stuff it's not like you're dealing with a stranger um so that way you know you're in good hands i I mean i've heard you i'm like floored about how well you know stuff i was like holy cow you gotta talk to this guy (laughs) I'm not even kidding, man. Holy. Um. I appreciate it. And
0: then it's it's working with great clients and, and really getting into the weeds with them and, and understanding, you know, not just, you know, taxes and financial statements, but what they're dealing with on a day and how difficult it is to get recruiters and what incentive packages can we put together. And, you know, what's great is we get questions from clients. Hey, you know, I'm getting into this sector and, and I'm trying to. Bring in a recruiter. What's what kind of split of commissions are you looking at? And it's great that we have, you know, the ability to to get information for our clients. You know, here's here's what typically is is being offered in the industry. So if we can, you know, offer that insight and, and help them out, it, it's it's a great thing.
1: Well, that that's um, something we talk about. What are some of the most common questions staffing companies will ask you, like?
0: it's it's interesting and it's it all depends where the staffing firm is so we've we've had the pleasure of working with I would call them startup staffing firms these are um, recruiters who you know they always say I'm sick of making someone else money I'm gonna go on our own so someone like that we're we're pretty much helping them with everything and that's that's in helping them what we'll say on, on the accounting side right that's you know, books and records and and making them understand corporate structure and S Corp and LLC and all that fun stuff and partnerships. And we'll work with attorneys as well um, in setting them up. And then we have to get into the, you know, the front end versus the back end. What systems do we want to use on the the front end and the, the applicant tracking and, you know, are we using you know a bullhorn and aviante attempt works or a lot of them will start with quickbooks so we'll get into the weeds with a lot of the startups and then as the companies mature you know it's a little different conversation um you know we'll, we'll get more involved obviously from a tax planning and the day-to-day but we'll get in the weeds on recruiting gross margin analysis you know systems they have in place we want to make sure that you know on the cyber side they're protected, if they're admitting new partners, making sure they have the right agreements, um, compensation plans, compensation packages, commission structures. So all of that will be involved. And then as as the companies mature, you know, we may they'll may ask us about you know getting involved potentially in a in a different vertical. And they know we have the experience with other clients, so we'll have those conversations. So I would say it depends on, on on the company and where they are and how we can help them.
1: Got it, got it. What would be, I feel like I'm putting people on the spot when I ask some of these questions, but what would be, uh, give our listeners some details about a situation where you helped out a staffing company, some kind of dilemma, what was your solution, what went on?
0: So, we, we've had some situations where, again, the easy one are the non compliance where we would come in, and then again, the beauty is I've, I've got expertise within the firm to help them. Mm-hmm. And if it's a non compliance situation, it's where we can go in and help them. But to get in the weeds, we had a, a staffing firm years ago that was, you know, uh, you know, it, a fairly decent sized firm and they, they just weren't as profitable as as they should be. And, and we went in and really got into the weeds on looking at their top customers and gross margin analysis and, and really helping them on the accounting side. And we determined, you know, what they thought were profitable customers were really cash flow losers. And, you know we were joking you're gonna make more money by firing your yeah. customers and you've probably heard the 80/20 rule yep. 80% of your profits come from 20% of your customers. So you know what will help is hey you know simplistic you cannot add a new client if the gross margin is below this percentage. <laughs> um, so make sure every time you're, you're pricing you understand it. And we've created Excel spreadsheets to help our clients on gross margin. In other words, what's your pay rate and, and what should your bill rate be? So we'll get into the weeds and really help them and, and, and help them understand, especially on the light industrial side, if you don't have the right insurance provider, or workers' comp, um, you, you can really potentially be paying uh, or, or at risk more so than you should be. And then on the M&A side, that's a lot of fun because we really help our clients prepare for sale in in making their financials as they say beautiful right we want to make you look beautiful uh, to a potential uh buyer so you know i like to say the beauty of, of, of Citroen is we we can cover all aspects from a, a young startup company to a mature company maybe ready to transition out
1: yeah that's i mean that's the impression i got you know from the first time i heard you speak and and um, and that's why you deal with a company like yours. I mean, you don't have to worry about anything. Um, you know, I think back to, uh, we had a situation, a, a national, a staffing company had a national account and, uh, they got, they got the deal and it was, I think it was a national drugstore. and it was basically, uh, they had to have a person taking, um, uh, surveys within the, uh, the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, it, I want to say CVS. It wasn't CVS, though. I think it was another chain. But anyway, they're basically taking surveys from customers that were coming in, and they came to us, and they said, hey, for this project, can you guys, you know, come down on your, your price on the background checks? And we're like, well, you know, you've been a client of ours f- for a fairly long time, and uh, we give you the best price. And they're like, well, what about just for this project? So, the, you know, we started asking questions. question, well, what's the situation, or what happened? So, apparently, the the... Recruiter, you know, whoever got the deal and background checks was not discussed, and then all of a sudden in the contract it said that the staffing company had to pay for the contracts, and the uh, background checks, and it was like this ridiculous background check. You know, they were asking for uh, uh, education going back seven years, uh, <laughs> employment going back seven years, federal uh, federal criminal check, drug drug screening, and the person was going to be in the, the store for like an hour. You know, so then we we helped negotiate to bring that down because um, I think the the background check was going for like around a hundred dollars and we we negotiated down to forty because said you don't need all this but um so I totally know what uh, it's nowhere near what you guys do, but um,
0: yeah, but you're providing a solution right? You, yeah you figure out where where's the bottleneck and and you're providing that solution, which is where the value is
1: and i I think a lot of people they don't take the time to ask questions of the client or the prospect when the client and the prospect ask for other things. So, you know, they ask for a discount in their background checks or whatever product and service you sell. And, you know, someone who's not experienced may say, well, I don't know, you know, then they think it's a price thing. And, you know, next thing you know, you're cutting your price down when you didn't really have to, not only that, but, you could actually really provide some service by just asking a question. You know, if someone asks you a question, I say, hey, why you ask that? You know, um, tell me the real story behind what's going on here.
0: Yeah, it's listening, right? It's asking the questions, but I think more importantly, it's listening. Yeah. Um, I think business owners are bombarded all day with problems. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And if we can help with solutions or, or connect them with someone who can provide the solution, that's where the value is.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I like to ask what can you provide uh, the staffing industry that other companies don't? But you, I mean, you know you, you've answered that the whole time you're talking. Um, anything you'd want to add, Mike? Anything you want to talk about regarding staffing or NJSA? Yeah, I
0: think NJSA is, is again, I've been a partner uh, working with them for probably 10 years, and, and you and I serve on the board, and I've been Lucky enough to be on the board for the last, I think, four or five years. And I, I would love for people to understand what the NJSA is doing. And just look at recently as yesterday oh, man. Um, with this uh, proposal in New Jersey, this um, uh, new uh, proposal that came out that will affect all temporary staffing agencies and some of the requirements that New Jersey is putting in place. So if you have a, a temporary worker and they want to convert to permanent, if they work more than eight weeks at a, uh, at a as a temporary worker, you won't be able to charge a conversion fee, or they have to get paid the same hourly rate as a, as a permanent and benefits. So the NJSA was lobbying hard um, in, on behalf of the staffing agency, and I think people just don't see how much this, uh, NJSA is involved in and what the membership does. So it's a great organization. I'd love for more staffing owners to be part of it because it's a great resource uh, for everyone out there. And I, and I enjoy being part of it.
1: I agree. One of the things I think a lot of people don't realize is these bills and these laws that are constantly changing and coming, coming across lawmakers desks, we're not even aware of. And, um, you know, some of these lawmakers, unfortunately, don't know the ins and outs of the business, as as Mike just explained how complex and complicated it can be. Any slight change in a law can make a huge difference in um, some of the livelihoods of these staffing companies. But not only that, I mean, when you think about it, staffing companies represent a large, large, large portion of employment in New Jersey. Um, you know so it's it's and it that takes work i mean think about it you have you know you're employing recruiters you um you know you're finding these jobs uh some and some people like the temporary um, situation with employment they don't want a, a, a long-term uh position um i mean the gig economy kind of kind of fully explains that um,
0: it, it does and you're seeing a change where people are going temporary more of a lifestyle right? yes Uh, They don't want to make that permanent commitment and being part of NJSA, at least the members are getting information regarding these changes that are occurring. And here's another example where if you're not aware, you're in noncompliance and again, you go into M&A mode and and it turns out you haven't been complying with these new uh, laws and regulations can be problematic. So having an organization that's fighting for staffing owners and keeping them aware is extremely important.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you going to the next event, by the way?
0: I am. I will uh, be at par 440, and uh, we'll be sponsoring the baseball game as well. So looking forward to both events.
1: Uh, data Screening is sponsoring the next coming up event, by the way, Data Screening. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Cheap plug. No. Um, anyway, that's all I got, Mike. Um, I hope our listeners learned a lot of things. What about if... They want to get in touch with you, want to get in touch with uh, your company, Where they do?
0: Yeah, sure. Listen, if anyone has any questions or if we can help out in any way, I always say it's our objective to to be your partner in in growing and helping you get to where you want to go. Uh, You can always reach me. I'll I'll give my cell phone, 973-738-4485, and you can go to citroncooperman.com. You can search Michael Napolitano, and I will show up.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this series. Don't forget to subscribe, because before you know it, we'll be back with another great conversation. The New Jersey Staffing Alliance is the nonprofit trade association for contract staffing, direct hire, and temporary placement firms. For more information about the benefits of joining the Alliance, visit our website at njsa.com.